You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I know Kung Fu. Show me. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Welcome to the John Weldon Show. All right, we're here. We can get this rolling, get this party started. Let's see. Today, we're going to be talking about the covenants. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking a little bit of time. Uh, as usual, I'm going to be aiming to go somewhere between 10 minutes and 20 minutes. That's my, my typical for these. Um, just trying to do something every day, a little bit on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, what's the third one? YouTube. YouTube. YouTube Live, which is kind of new for me. So um, there are different times every day. And uh, thank you for joining me. So what I'm going to pick up on, we've been talking about the last few days, the Father, the Father God, and how what Jesus actually came to do was demonstrate the Father. And he talked in John chapter 14. We started with that when he's having this interaction with Philip. And Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, haven't you seen me? I've been with you this whole time. Basically, if you've seen my life, you've seen the Father. I've been demonstrating it to you this whole time, Philip. Everything you see in me, you see in the Father. This is supposed to be true of all of us as believers. If you see my life, you see what God the Father is like. Uh, it's like the old saying that some people, the only Bible they will ever read is your life. And in the same way, some people, the only interaction they will have with God the Father in their, in their walk on this planet will be through their interaction with you as a believer. And so uh, that, that's where we're coming from. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the unveiling of the Father, the Father's heart. And um, the passage I want to dig into tonight is actually from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Paul is contrasting the old covenant, the covenant of Moses, the covenant of Mount Sinai, and he's contrasting it with the new covenant, the covenant of Jesus created at the cross, and the contrast between these two. Now, uh, a bigger picture, a lot of people get confused and they think Old Testament is Old Covenant. That's not true. The only thing called the Old Covenant is the covenant that God created with Moses at Mount Sinai. That is the only one referred to as the Old Covenant. The Old Testament is a term that was created many years later uh, to divide up the books, the 39 books of the Old versus the 20 book, 27 books of the New. And yet uh, we get that convoluted nowadays. It's important to know the difference because 
there's actually 2,800 years from Genesis 1 to Exodus chapter 20, 2,800 years that you have Old Testament with no Old Covenant. During that part, you have a covenant between God and Noah, and you have a covenant between God and Abraham, and still no Old Covenant. The covenant between God and Noah and the covenant between God and Abraham is never referred to as the Old Covenant. So you have that period of history. Then you get to Mount Sinai, where God makes a covenant with his people through Moses, and that gets called the Old Covenant. Why is it called the Old Covenant? Because it's contrasted with the New Covenant that Jesus comes to replace the Mosaic Covenant. Now, did Jesus come to replace the Abrahamic Covenant with Abraham? No. Did he come to replace the covenant that God made with Noah? No. Did he come to replace the covenant that he made with King David? No. Jesus came to replace the covenant that was made between God and Moses and the Israelites. That Sinai covenant is the one that is called old because it's contrasted with the new one that Jesus came to give. Now, the contrast, when we look in the New Testament, we actually don't see a war between law and grace. Often people divide it up and they say the Old Testament is law, the New Testament is grace. This is not true. The actual contrast that we see is between works and faith, grace and faith, not works and faith. That's what not grace and faith. Works and faith, those are the two that are in war with each other. And we see that over and over again. And the those who are trying to be righteous by works versus those who are righteous by faith. And Paul makes strong arguments that, that the, the Mosaic followers were trying to do things out of works, whereas the followers of Abraham were doing things out of faith. And that Abraham was actually on the right track. And that in the same way that people are saved by faith in the old covenant, they're actually saved by faith in the new covenant. It's the faith of Abraham on both sides of the cross that actually is a faith in the Messiah, both before and after, that is actually where saving grace comes from. Now, when we get to 2 Corinthians 3, I'm just going to read a little bit of this this for us today. I'm going to start in verse 3. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So here he's beginning a contrast, not tablets of stone, tablets of human hearts. He's going to make this contrast over and over and over between the old and the new through this chapter. So watch for the contrast. Now, if the ministry, uh, let, let me back up. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Now, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. See, there's the contrast again. Now, he said here, he makes us competent as ministers of a new covenant. You are, as a believer in Jesus, you are called to be a minister of the new covenant. I know people often think, well, you know, I, I preach the cross, I preach grace, I preach uh, Jesus, I preach the, uh, the Holy Spirit, I preach signs, wonders, and miracles. There's lots of things that people preach. 
But here he says that he's made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. And if you don't understand the old covenant, the new covenant, and the shift and everything that's taken place, how can you be competent as a minister of the new covenant if you don't know anything about the covenants? This is vital. This is foundational. And yet it is not taught to most Christians. And that's why it's important for us to go back and take a look at these things. Then he, we saw another contrast, the letter versus the spirit. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. This is a contrast again. Now it goes on. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, he's talking about the stone tablets, the Ten Commandments, uh, Mount Sinai. It came with glory so that the Israelites could not steadily look at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was. If you remember from the story, when Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, his face is glowing, radiating light like the sun, and the people couldn't even look at him, and he had to put a veil over his face. That's what he's referring to here. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Now, it says transitory, though it were. Transitory meaning that the, the glory that was on Moses' face actually faded. It didn't stay. It faded away. It transitioned off of him. So, the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its, because of its glory, transitory though it was, Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious had no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if it were transitory and it came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this very day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Oh, man, what a juicy passage. Uh, there's so much there for us to dig into. And I, I actually, um, I just want to show the contrast today between the old and the new. People often get confused. They, they try to build a really big wall between the old and new Testament and say, okay, that will divide that as law versus grace. Uh, there's, there's people who then struggle with the idea of the God, the father of the old Testament versus God, the father of Jesus in the new Testament and they're struggling through uh, this, this challenge of how do we understand this scary, bloodthirsty Father God in the old who demands genocide of other nations and peoples. And uh, there's so many things that are 
difficult to understand at face value. Uh, that has led to many, many challenging uh, things over the years in church history. And they, in the uh, third century of the church, we had the Marcionites, people who followed a teacher named Marcion, who we don't actually have any of his writings left over, but we understand from others that wrote about the issue that they were basically saying that Marcion was saying that the God of the Old Testament was a different God who was not God the Father of Jesus. This is how uh, they were trying to explain what felt like a disconnection, a incongruence between the Old and the New Testament. You move forward to the modern day, um, many, many teachers nowadays actually uh, ignore the Old Testament altogether, or they uh, start to come up with undermining cracks in their foundation where they say things like, well, that's just the way the scribes wrote it down. It's not really what God is like. God is love. Everything needs to go through this filter of grace. Everything needs to go the filter of Jesus. If it doesn't look like Jesus, then it really wasn't God. It really wasn't God who did this and killed these people and, you know, did all these things. It really wasn't. It was just humans who wrote it down that way. Once you start doing stuff like that, you're really, you're undermining the authority, you're undermining the inspiration of scripture, you, you are devaluing the scripture and that kind of toxic way of reading scripture and interpreting scripture and abusing scripture, uh, it, it causes great damage. So how do we actually come to a point of reconciling? Well, uh, like I said, I try to make these videos from 10 to 20 minutes long. There's no way that I will encapsulate all of the answer to that question in a 20 minute video. But I have spent years working on this and have created, uh, you know, those many of those uh, of you who've read understanding the whole Bible uh, can see how I've, I've actually come to very clear scripture honoring answers to that question. And once we start to see the answer to the question and you get to some passage like 2 Corinthians 3, you start to see Paul actually is not pitting the New Testament versus the Old Testament or two different gods against each other. It's not Jesus versus God of the Old Testament, but it actually starts to make sense when you put on the lens of the covenants. This is a massive theme in the New Testament, and yet most Christians, we don't see it. Instead, people try to explain away the Old Testament as, you know, some sort of written down just from people's opinions or whatever, when in reality, it everything is coming through a covenant filter. The way that God interacted with the people in the Old Covenant is what Paul refers to as the letter which kills. He calls it a ministry of death, of fading glory, transitory. There's many derogatory things in this passage that he says about the old covenant. He doesn't minimize it. He doesn't say, you know what, I, you know, you, you guys just didn't understand. The Old Testament was really just all about Jesus and uh, some scribes wrote it down wrong. No, 
No, that is not the minimizing, uh, theologizing away and abuse of scripture that we see people doing nowadays. Instead, he actually, he's like, no, it was a ministry of death. It brought death and destruction and the condemnation. So he doesn't have anything positive to say, except that it had a glory and it faded away. So that's his, his um, judgment toward Old Covenant. Now, when he gets to the New Covenant, he starts painting a new picture. Life, freedom, glory, glory that doesn't fade, permanent glory, amazing glory. Uh, he's got you know all this positive to say about the New Covenant and what happens there. Now, I'm actually... Um, if you haven't seen this, this is the Better Covenant commentary. I'll bring it a little closer. The Better Covenant commentary, Acts to Revelation, by me, Dr. Jonathan Walton. I wrote this. Uh, this came out Christmas 2022, so a year ago. And uh, it's available over on Amazon. 800 something, 800 pages, something like that. I go through everything from Acts to the end of Revelation in 800 pages and dig deep on the covenants and show you all the covenant stuff in the New Testament, as well as the supernatural, the fivefold ministry. It's, it's, it's juicy. You, you, you're going to enjoy it if you haven't gotten your copy. But digging into this passage, I want to show you, I got a little contrast here of the two things that we see in this passage. So the Old Covenant is described in eight different things. Old Covenant, written with ink, tablets of stone. It's the letter which kills. It's transitory. It came with a measure of glory. It was glorious, yet condemning. It was glorious, but in comparison to the new, it has no glory. The tran and the transitory covenant had glory. So those are the eight statements that we see from Paul in this passage. Here's the eight statements about the new covenant in this passage. It was written by the Spirit on tablets of human hearts. The Spirit gives life. It's permanent. It has even more glory even more glorious and brings righteousness, not condemnation. It has a surpassing glory. And then again, he says, and he, so he says it about three different ways, actually four of these, has more glory, even more glorious, has surpassing glory, has much more glory, and it lasts. It's not transitory. So this is the contrast. It's between the covenants and the covenant has to change so the relationship can change see the covenant defines the relationship that you are in are you a single person are you a boyfriend girlfriend are you engaged are you married these are all different types of relationships and depending on the type of relationship you have it determines uh, that the foundation determines what happens inside of that relationship. And so in the same way, we have something similar with uh, the covenants. And there's, like I said, 
for the sake of time, I can't go much deeper on this tonight, but the, the covenants, there are three different types of covenants in the ancient Near East. And those three different covenants change the relationship dramatically between the two parties. Uh, and because of that, the old covenant was the worst kind of covenant that you could get yourself into. The new covenant is the best type of covenant you can get yourself into. Uh, that's as deep as I'll be able to go into that tonight. Um, again, if you didn't, if you never got your copy of Understanding the Whole Bible, I highly recommend go get yourself a copy of that or the Better Covenant Commentary. Acts to Revelation, available over on Amazon. Also, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, please go check out lead, uh, in indestructibleleaders.com. Indestructibleleaders.com. Uh, we are launching in February, myself and my three co-coaches, the team of four of us. You get a whole Bible school and four coaches for one monthly price. It's crazy. It is crazy. There's nothing like it that's ever been created. The first ever whole life Bible school. That's what we're uh that's what we're putting out there into the world. It's uh you get a hundred plus hours of the Bible school as well as uh the the coaching from myself, as well as a financial coach a fitness coach and our fortitude coach, which is an emotional wellness coach. So get your whole life built up the right way so that when winds and storms and 2024 and whatever else comes your way, you are rock solid. That is our, that is our heart for you. All right, guys, that's it for tonight. Thanks for taking a few minutes to join me. Have a great evening. Be told. I'm not the man.